the WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. Great to have you on board for another edition of WIA National News. This edition for week commencing July 8, 2012. I'm Graham VK4BB. In this edition of news from the Wireless Institute of Australia, we'll hear from WIA President VK3KI Michael Owen, WIA Office Manager VK3FDSL Mal Brooks, WIA Board Member VK4ERM Ewan McLeod, and our team of regulars including Ono VK6FLAB, Jason VK2LAW, Robert VK3DN, and from Ingham in far north Queensland, operational news with Felix VK4FUQ. All up and coming in this edition of news from the Wireless Institute of Australia. I'm Richard VK2SKY and you're listening to WIA National News in New South Wales via VK2WI Sydney on most amateur bands from 160 metres through to 23 centimetres and on the 60 metre band on a frequency of 5425 kilohertz upper sideband. Greetings everyone from the President and Board of the WIA. Several amateurs have contacted the WIA asking... What is the WIA board going to do about the significant increase in amateur radio licence fees? Of note is advice received from the ACMA that the amateur radio licence fee has increased from $67 to $72 as of the 1st of July 2012. This increase was mooted in late November last year, communicated to the amateur community by the WIA and is now published in ACMA document Apparatus Licence Fee Scheduled 1 July 2012. Appendix A, Changes to the Fee Schedule April 2012 to the document highlights the role of the Consumer Price Index on Apparatus Licence Tax. This ACMA publication can be read in its entirety on the WIA website at www wia.org.au forward slash members forward slash legislation forward slash other forward slash documents forward slash license underscore fee underscore schedule hyphen one July twenty twelve dot PDF. Two components are considered in determining the cost of an amateur license. Firstly, the actual costs incurred by the ACMA in managing the system, and secondly, a tax component linked to CPI as explained earlier. The Commonwealth Cost Recovery Guidelines requires the ACMA to increase the management cost component by the cost increases it has incurred. Hence, the proposal in November 2011 to increase the cost of amateur licences by $5 which became effective on 1 July 2012. The WIA is similarly required to operate under the cost recovery guidelines. The cost increases proposed by the ACMA are factual and answers the question, has the cost incurred by the ACMA in providing a service increased, and if so, by how much? It is unlikely the ACMA is unable to demonstrate the cost increase it has identified. As much as we may feel resentful and upset by the increase in our licence fees, they are based on sound principles of cost recovery, to which the WIA is required to comply 
as is the ACMA. This has been you on VK4ERM for the WIA Board. This is Mel Brooks, VK3FDSL for the WIA. Last month, the WIA Board announced that the 2012 Club Grant Scheme would continue with a maximum sum of $6,000 to be distributed this year. As a result of the discussion at the recent Open Forum, new rules have been adopted with a much simpler and wider test for the grant. For a project to receive a grant, it must be considered by the Grant Committee and the Board to be sufficiently useful for any one or more of Amateur Radio, the Affiliated Club or the WIA to justify the making of a grant. The new rules are on the Affiliated Club section of the WIA website, together with an application form. To be eligible for consideration, an application for a grant must be lodged by Monday 20th of August 2012. Thank you. This is Michael Owen, VK3KI. Let me update you on the 70cm band. Internationally, the 420 to 430 part of the 70cm band exists only by a footnote allocating the band on a secondary basis to amateurs only in the USA, Jamaica, the Philippines and Australia. In fact, the use of that part of the 70cm band in Australia has been restricted to advanced licensees and further restricted by various exclusion zones in New South Wales, the ACT, the Jarvis Bay area, Sydney, Perth and Melbourne. In April 2008, the WIA reported on the public consultation by the ACMA in respect of its review of the band 403 to 520 MHz. From the outset, it was obvious that the amateur band 420 to 450 MHz would be affected. Fairly early on, the band 430 to 450 MHz was announced to be out of scope for the review. However, the ACMA has indicated that the segments from 440 to 450 MHz may be used on a temporary basis by displaced land mobile services until they are relocated during the transition phase. In September 2008, the WIA reported on the release of the submissions received by the ACMA and in June 2010 the WIA further reported on the ACMA's announcements. An examination of the WIA 70cm band planned shows that the band 420 to 430MHz is largely restricted. The band is allocated in Australia to radio location and mobile as primary and that primary mobile use is by government networks supporting essential and emergency networks supporting police, fire and ambulance. That use commenced in 1999 and since 2009 
the Council of Australian Governments has supported interoperability and the harmonisation of those services. The only real problem that the withdrawal of this segment creates for the amateur service in Australia is that there are a number of repeater link assignments that will need to be moved by 1st of January 2013. There are some 35 licensees affected, mainly clubs. In addition, there are other amateur repeater links that may be able to operate beyond that date and the WIA is currently negotiating with the appropriate parties. When the matter is clarified, the WIA will also be in contact with the relevant licensees. While the, while the ACMA will be formally writing to the affected licensees, the WIA has undertaken to contact each licensee as soon as it is able to do so to ascertain whether there are any special difficulties in moving and to ensure that the WIA repeater frequency coordination is available to assist as required. Despite the issues yet to be resolved, the ACMA has advised the WIA that the band 420 to 430 MHz will be withdrawn as a secondary allocation at least for general amateur use from the 1st of January 2013. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. W1A celebrates Telstar at 50. July 7, a celebration of the world's first telecommunications satellite. This date is when the Radio Adventurers of Maine activates the call sign W1A to commemorate the first messages through the Telstar bird. They will be operating on site at the Andover Maine Satellite Facility. The original Earth station which broadcast the first messages via Telstar was uplinked on July 10, 1962. The club's commemorative operation will begin at 1300 UTC on both 40 and 20 metre phone. Other bands will be added as propagation allows. QSL as directed on the air. EtherKit releases QRSS Beacon Kit. EtherKit, which is a new amateur radio kit company devoted to open source hardware, has released its first product. Called Open Beacon, it is described as an open-source crystal-controlled QRP beacon transmitter kit which can output a variety of slow-speed modes. These include QRSS, DFCW and sequential multi-tone Hellschreiber. For more information, check them online at etherkit.com. Amateur Radio Newsline celebrates 35th anniversary. America's most highly respected ham radio news service is marking something of a milestone. Amateur Radio Newsline has just celebrated its 35th anniversary. Producer Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, writes, In talking with Robert Suddock, WB6FDF, we realise that this week's newscast marks the 35th anniversary of the Amateur Radio Newsline. I find it hard to believe that we've survived all of these years and that we're as fervent about what we do today as when Jim Hendershot, WA6VQP, and I produced the first newscast 
They're known as Westlink Amateur Radio News some 1,820 weeks ago. Thank you all for being a part of the Amateur Radio Newsline family. Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. New data transfer method promises up to 2.5 terabits per second. We've reported the basics on this earlier this year. Now further, as American and Israeli scientists develop a new technology of wirelessly transmitting data using twisted beams of light, that could produce a theoretical throughput of 2.5 terabits per second. Amateur Radio Newsline's Heather Butra-Howell, KB6TZD, has the story of the science making this possible. The new method of high-speed data transfer reportedly uses orbital angular momentum, or OAM, to increase the amount of information that can be carried by a single stream. To accomplish this feat, the researchers twisted together eight 300 gigabytes per second visible light data streams using OAM technology over a space of one meter to achieve speeds of 2.5 terabits per second. The development comes just one month after it was finally proved that orbital angular momentum is actually possible. Using this new orbital angular momentum technology, an infinite number of conventional transmission protocols, such as Wi-Fi and LTE, can be twisted together for faster speeds without the need for more spectrum. For perspective, that's more than 8,000 times faster than the fastest home Internet connection at 300 megabytes per second. The development team says that it will be working increasing the transmission distance, which currently is at only one meter. The theoretical distance limit for this new method is likely to be less than one kilometer, at least in the foreseeable future. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Heather Butera-Howell, KB3TZD, in Berwick, Pennsylvania. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Shepparton and surrounding districts, it can be heard on 146.650 two-metre repeater VK3RGV at 7.30pm Sunday nights. I'm Kane, VK3HKH. What use is an F-call? Troubleshooting is a skill that has to be learnt. Part of getting my foundation licence included a module on the skill. I've been working with complicated equipment for decades, and to me, an amateur radio kit really isn't that complex. As you might know, I've got a portable kit. I've set it up at least 50 or so times in the last year. I know this system backwards. Still, every now and then, something unexpected happens. Twice now, my own gear has surprised me. A couple of weeks ago, I went on air to join a regular net. I tuned to the appropriate frequency and made my call but I couldn't hear anyone. I called again, still nothing. I looked at the frequency, all as expected. The voltage was fine, I could see my SWR meter working as expected, when I keyed the mic all was normal. I looked at the clock to make sure I wasn't on the wrong time zone. I turned up the volume, still nothing. I tuned to another frequency, nothing. In fact, apart from the fact that I knew the volume was up, there was remarkably little noise to be heard at all. Then I checked the squelch. Hmm. Well, if you turn it all the way, then it won't let anything through. I fixed it, and lo and behold, there everyone was. This morning, my transceiver surprised me again, in a completely different way. My normal antenna mount is a mag mount, but the connector came off last week, so I used a bracket instead, ran my normal RG58 back to my radio, plugged it in, and had a listen. 
I tuned to the local air traffic information service to get the local weather and heard nothing. I thought nothing of it, changed to my memories and hit scan. After a bit, I heard someone on the local repeater. I keyed my mic and the SWR went through the roof. That's weird. I thought about my antenna connection. I knew that the bracket end was tight. I'd just climbed up a ladder to make it so. But what about this end? All I'd done is plug in a BNC. What about the adapter that goes from the BNC to the N-type? Turns out it had come loose in transit. Tightened it up, tuned to the ATIS, heard that, tuned to the repeater, and all was well. Just because you know it's right doesn't mean it really is. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Operational news, I'm Felix, VK4 FUQ. Special events and on-air contest column, Dateline 2012. ZL NZAT Memorial Contest this weekend. VK ZL Trans Tasman Contest 80 plus 160 metres, July 21. VK Remembrance Day Contest, August 11 and 12. Worldwide International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend, August 18 and 19. Worldwide Alara Contest, August 25 and 26. All licensed operators throughout the world are invited to participate in the Alara Contest, also open to SWLs. YL works everyone. OMs and clubs work YLs only. One contest, combined phone and CW, run over 20 hours. Saturday the 25th of August 2012, 0400 hours UTC to 1359 hours UTC. Sunday 26th of August 2012, 0400 hours UTC to 13.59 hours UTC. Bands to be used are 3.5, 7, 14, 21 and 28 MHz only. Special event stations DX and Beacon and NetAdvice. VK100 WIQ. Celebrating 100 years of organised amateur radio in Queensland to July 30, 2012. Various clubs about Queensland in three-day blocks are still activating. Celebrating the Tour de France Cycling Race 2012. Keep an ear open for special event station GB4TDF. This is to coincide with the 2012 Tour de France Bicycle Race. The special event station began operation on June the 26th and terminates on July 23rd. A special commemorative QSL card will be available. More is on qrz.com under GB4TDF. The actual Tour de France cycling event started on June 30 and ends on July 22. PT0S, the expedition to St Peter and St Paul Rocks. The de-expedition will take place in late November to mid-December. The actual dates will depend on weather conditions. There had been an official ban on amateur radio activities from PY0S, although the ban, which was created for environmental and safety reasons, remains in place. A special permit by Brazil's SEC IRM, the Brazilian Navy, Ministry of Environment and LABRE to conduct a two-week-long operation. GB2VET, the special event station celebrating the Army, Navy and Air Force reunion in the UK is coming up again, the 10th anniversary, at the end of July 27-28-29CG3B, War of 1812 Bicentennial. Dave, VE3FOI, will use the special event call sign CG3B during the entire month of July to celebrate the bicentennial, 200 years, 
of peace between the United States of America and Canada after the War of 1812. During various bicentennial functions in the Niagara-on-the-Lake area, Ontario, a special QSL card is available via the Bureau, attention, V3FOI. This will be the first of many special event stations between 2012 and 2014 regarding the bicentennial. The Niagara Peninsula ARC takes pleasure in providing this special call sign for General Isaac Brock. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. From the WIA News Hub in Melbourne and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1WIA. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's A Final Frontier. New Oscar 7 DX Record. Wyatt AC0RA and Bill OM3BD have broken the AMSAT Oscar 7 long distance record set in 2010. Their GPS measured 7,849 kilometres, a QSO between grid squares EN31VX and JN88MF, and it surpassed the prior 7,843 kilometre record set in 2010. Bill says that Wyatt did all the hard work by waking up at 3am, driving to a hill an hour away from his home, setting up his station and working Bill before sunrise at 0955 UTC on July the 2nd. It appears that an even longer distance is attainable and Wyatt is looking for a suitable place from which they can try before Bill leaves Slovakia in mid-July. Radio Ham swap places on the ISS. Three Expedition 32 crew members to the International Space Station are scheduled to launch aboard the Soyuz TMA-05M from Bakanoa Space Centre in Kazakhstan on July the 15th. The Expedition 32 crew members are NASA astronaut Sunny Williams KD-5PLB, cosmonaut Yuri Melnchenko RK-3DUP and Japanese astronaut Aki Hoshide KE-5DNI. The trio has been passing tests at the Gagarin Cosmonaut Training Centre in Star City just outside of Moscow. They will join Expedition 31 astronauts Joe Akeba, KE5DAR, as cosmonaut Jerry Padalka, RN3DT, and Sergi Revan, RN3BS, on board the orbiting outpost. Meanwhile, fellow Expedition 31 members, cosmonaut Oleg RN3DX and NASA's Don Petit, KD5MDT and Andre Cooper's PI9ISS return to Earth on July the 1st. Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA, OC227. Operator Lynn, VK4SWE, a resident of Swears Island, plans to once again be active during the RSGB IOTA contest July the 28th and the 29th. OC-177, YE-0M from Calais Bessar Island in the Cerebu Islands on July the 6th to the 9th. Activity will be on 160 to 10 metres, including 6 metres, using CW, SSB, RITI, QSL via YB1GJS. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. IT interview with Hans Zimmerman, KB9AQS. 
The International Telecommunications Union have released an interview with HANS IIRU International Coordinator for Emergency Communications. The opinions expressed in the ITU interviews are those of the interviewees and not necessarily represent those of the ITU. Watch the ITU interviews at TDAG. Information in the text edition of this new service. Worldwide Special Interest Group Summits of the Air. Youngest Mountain Goat. The youngest person in the UK and probably the furthest afield to have achieved the Mountain Goat status in Summits of the Air or SOTA Awards program is Jimmy Reed, M3EYP. Jimmy, 19 years of age, started trekking up the hills with his dad, M1EYP, back in 2002 when he was just 10 years old and he quickly developed an interest in hillwalking and amateur radio. After studying for and gaining his Foundation Amateur Radio licence back in 2005, Jimmy went on to become a keen activator of summits. Activators need to make a minimum of four contacts from a summit in order to qualify for the points on offer, which are broadly proportional to the height of the hill or mountain. He completed his mission towards 1,000 points with a long day out in the Shropshire Hills on Saturday the 10th of March 2012, in which he transmitted from the tops of Brown Clee Hill, Titterstone Clee Hill, Long Mind and Stipperstones. Finally, just over the Welsh border, an activation of Corden Hill gave him the final five points he needed to pass through the magical 1,000-point mark. Jimmy celebrated the milestone with a bottle of ale. On the summit, of course. Congratulations, Jimmy. Well, that's all I have for you. This has been Robert VK3DN reporting from Melbourne. Well, from the top to the bottom, we've reached the end of WIA National News for week commencing July 8. Of course, this weekend in 7 and 8 VK3, Gipstech 2012 is taking place at Monash University Gippsland Campus at Church Hill. July 14 in VK4 is the Wide Bay Hamfest, West Maribor Scout Hall. July 21, VK3, Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Hamfest at Cranbourne. The WIA VK4 Club President's Lunch, Harvey Bay Amateur Radio Club, that's July 21. July 29 in VK23, Albury Wodonga Amateur Radio Club's Hamfest at Lavington Scout Hall. NCRG Hamfest, Cyril Jackson Rec Centre, Ashfield, August the 5th in VK6. August 12 in VK2 is Sarkfest at Summerland Amateur Radio Club Rooms, Lismore. Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM takes place at Camp Fairburn, that's at Emerald in VK4, September 28 to 30. Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest at Goodwood, November 4. November 11, Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group's Hamfest. And in VK3, Spark Hamfest at Rosebud. That's November 25. I'm Graham, VK4BB. We'll catch you all again next week here on VK1WIA for the National WIA News Broadcast. Till then, walk softly. This is VK1WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions. www.wia.org.au in the nation's capital with amateur radio news from across the globe this has been the wia national news service local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates we'd appreciate you checking in vk1 wia we've reported you decide